Welcome to the Shack 15 Conversations podcast, where we invite founders, innovators, and changemakers to share ideas with the community, speak to the experience of building their businesses, and unlock some of the hard-earned wisdom collected along the way. In this episode, we'll join the four female co-founders of Paint the Void, the nonprofit arts collective that was born out of San Francisco during the depths of the coronavirus pandemic. Paint the Void have created a unique model which harnesses public donation to pay local Bay Area artists who paint big, beautiful, culturally relevant murals on the boarded up storefronts of locally owned businesses. The process keeps the artists at work, beautifies the neighborhoods in question, gives small business owners a new lease of hope, and draws the local community into the conversation. All this and the entire project has been organized and executed remotely. Leading the conversation is our moderator, Irene hernandez Vegas, founder of Wonderland SF, the art gallery and boutique store in the Mission District, positioned as one of the last outposts and sanctuaries for Bay Area creative industry operators. Then for our speaker lineup, we have our four co-founders. We welcome Meredith Winner and Shannon Riley, co-founders of Building 180, the arts agency responsible for producing some of the most beloved, massive works of site-specific public art that adorn the San Francisco skyline. Inga Bard, muralist and executive director of Art for Civil Discourse, who has dedicated her life to galvanizing communities around art for activism, and Lisa Vortman, the Bay Area native and professional photographer who applies her remarkable talents to capture and empower the creative industry movers and shakers who are making and breaking ground for the people. Enjoy. Meredith, what does it take to make something like Paint the Void happen? And also, what is the process? Well, let's start with the idea first of how this came to be, which was that I actually had a friend who sent me an article with a bunch of boarded up storefront images of the Mission District. And we posed the question of if Building 180 could start painting murals on these boards. And we didn't really know at the time. And it was a very scary process in a very uncertain time. And we initially were kind of scared to do things against shelter in place and also Um, didn't know how we would facilitate it. So we started reaching out to artists and also city officials and other community members to get kind of weigh in to see if it was something that we should pursue. Um, we decided to move forward, of course. We linked up with Inga for, with Art for Civil Discourse and we decided to start fundraising money. Uh, we posted a fundraiser on Facebook and in the first 50 hours, I think, we raised $10,000, which was which would go towards creating the first 15, 15 murals. Um, so it obviously had some legs and kind of took off without us really, really knowing what we were getting ourselves into. Um, but it was really great because we, uh, particularly at Building 180, were situated to, to really just run with it. We have a lot of you know, paperwork involved. Everything has been done by the books and has been but mutual conversations between business owners and artists. So yeah, we have, there's a lot of paperwork involved, but it's a really this beautiful expression of getting artists together with a business owner and having a lot of weigh in. And the selection process is also to be mindful of shelter in place was that we were picking artists that were hyper local to their neighborhoods. So it became this really amazing community effort, this hyper-local community effort of us matching businesses with artists that lived like really next door in those neighborhoods. And we also were really wanted to be mindful of artist safety too, which meant that 
in addition to not traveling to places that they had insurance to cover them for any incidentals, that they were protected with legal paperwork so that you know, everything was by the books because it's a little scary to be painting on the street when you're supposed to be home and you don't know who's going to pass by and kind of question what you're doing out there. So having, you know, permission slips ultimately in place to help facilitate and having a team in place that was really supportive on the ground, including our documentary team, who was really like there with them, Lisa leading that, who you know, was was present with a lot of the artists as they were painting. Um, and I think that's important for us to have shown support. Um, and I also think like being a very lean team made us, allowed us to mobilize really quickly. And, you know, now we're almost at a hundred murals, which is pretty unheard of. <laughs> Shannon, so I know that probably the whole thing has changed so much from when you guys started. So. I would love to hear how the project has evolved. Yeah, I think you're right, Irena. Um, it has changed a lot. And I think we've seen so many different evolutions of what Paint the Void is and what it was. I think in its core to its mission in supporting artists and giving back to our community that has continued to remain the same. Um, but like Meredith had mentioned, you know, our initial goal um, once once Building 180 started working with Inga and Art for Civil Discourse was like, we didn't even know if it was possible. We didn't know how many muralists or street artists would be down to collaborate with us to paint on these boards. And we did get the business approval, um, but it was still a scary time. So yeah, our, our first goal was 15 murals. And like Meredith said, and I think uh, Maximilian had, had mentioned, we're now aiming towards and hitting 100 murals. So it's completely evolved and changed. And we've essentially created a whole entire business and nonprofit around this idea of you know, working with hyper, hyper local artists. Every artist that we work with is local to their business that they're painting on um, and really creating a conversation with the community. So I think that um, in that first 55 hours was the first evolution of just like, holy shit, like, we got we got our goal ten thousand dollars within fifty five hours. Like this is going to be a real thing. Um, and then after that initial evolution, and when we saw businesses starting to get painted and um, community members started speaking up, more and more artists started reaching out. Businesses started reaching out. We started getting foot traffic to close business or to businesses that you know were closed but still had um, availability to get food. So we started seeing all this positive change and then more and more people started reaching out. And so I think the first evolution was really just that like solidifying that we could do this and we wanted to do this and how much change it was really creating in a safe and protected way. Um, and then the second really realm in my idea, and anybody can chime in, but was just like all of a sudden, not only did we see support from our community, but people are reaching out to paint the void as an organization and offering to help, you know, like in the very beginning, it was Meredith, Inga and myself, and then Lisa, who I had worked with on photo productions, being a producer, um, she's a photographer, reached out and was like, this is what I want to do. I want to photograph what's happening in the city right now. So people such as Lisa and more volunteers, which we're all volunteers as well, but started reaching out and say, hey, like I can help you build a website and I want to also video take this and I can make a map. So we saw this incredible outpouring of more volunteers from our community helping. And that really like established, I think a really true organization. Um, and really like one of our biggest, I think pivotal changes really was, was um, after George Floyd's uh, murder, he, um, 
after that, there's obviously tons of protests and around the world, you know, people, you know, there's also vandalism. And with that vandalism came so many more boarded up businesses. Um, and there was a real, real need for uplifting community, um, community artwork and also just conversation around what was happening. People needed to heal and wanted to speak their voices. And I think that art is um, a form of protest and also a safe way of conversation. And so we saw a huge, huge pouring out of people asking to paint boards, but we also saw that the entire community in, in, in the United States was also asking organizations such as ours, that was, was run by white females, um, to, to pause and sort of decenter ourselves and center uh, people of color. And so we really took a pause during that to see like, what could we do? And Inga talks about it often, but we, we thought that we were actually prioritizing females. I mean, and when this all happened and we as an organization decided to pause and reflect and look at the murals and the conversations that we were starting, um, we looked at all the numbers of the muralists who we were hiring and we actually had more white male artists. And we were like, we as an organization need to change. So um, that was a time in which we were going so, so fast and we still are trying to create so many murals, but we, we allowed ourselves to pause, reflect and sort of be more intentional with the artists that we were choosing, um, trying to make it as diverse as possible and also trying to center um, black artists. And I think that that also really, really made us all think about like, what are we really doing? We're clearly making a civic statement where we are a public art program um, and we wanted to get more involved with the community. So in line with um, Black Lives Matter, we also just decided to get more community input, work with uh, neighborhood associations. We started doing more community murals. And I think um, as we evolve and continue to grow, what we really are focusing on is community and hopefully revitalization of community and, and focusing on larger and longer impactful artwork, longer permanent murals, larger murals, community murals. Um, and we're, we're really focusing now also on fundraising and becoming a real fundraising entity so that we can pay artists the amount of money that they really want. I'd like to add to that a little bit. Um, what's really interesting to me in our evolution is how in the beginning um, we had we had sort of a suggestion for the theme. We thought it was, you know, everything was so scary and there was so much uncertainty. We suggested to artists that murals be uplifting and positive and optimistic. And then when the protests started happening, we, as we were taking, taking a step back and reflecting, we actually retracted all of our suggestions and the kind of, we pivoted um, all of our funding at that time towards BIPOC artists. And in our conversations with them, we gave them carte blanche. They should paint whatever they think is necessary, whatever they think is relevant and not, not you know, we took ourselves out of the equation. Um, and the themes of the murals after that became solely a conversation between the artists and the business owners. The business owners always have to um, sign off on, you know, giving the permission to use the walls, use the space, um, and also to sign off on the concept uh, to feel comfortable with it. Because businesses are suffering so hard these days, obviously, they're barely staying afloat. It's so, it's just so challenging. Um, so the conversation became between the business and the artist. Well, also one thing that I thought it was like super cool when I noticed when you guys got started, you know, you guys were just working with artists, but then I saw that project that you guys did at Zuni with all the doctors painting the mural. And I, I thought that was so special, you know, because it was really not, it was just not artists, but part of these people that have been working for us so hard, you know, doing something for the community. 
So I love all these different directions that you guys are going. And Lisa, I mean, I know that you've been documenting a lot of this stuff. So you probably um, have really been able to experience how the community has been affected and the artists. So if you can talk about that, that would be awesome. I would love to. I mean, I, I, this, I had no idea what this was going to be like. They already mentioned my incredible leaders over here. And when I went, it was, it was mainly, when I went out on the street the first time, it was mainly because I, I needed a purpose. I needed to feel like I could do something. Everyone felt like we didn't know what to do with shelter, but we wanted to do something. And, and being able to get outside and to shoot again made me feel whole. And it brought me, you know, excitement and motivation to just like do something with my time in shelter. And uh, it was, you know, super selfish in the beginning. I just wanted to get out and shoot it and create. But then once I was out there and I like paused with these artists, I hung out with the first artist, Nora Brunn, for two hours. And I watched all these artists pass by and their like physical body just like, like perk up to see the art and just like their eyes brightened and they, and they engaged at a distance, but like they engaged with the artists and there was so much gratitude and just like smiling. And I hadn't seen that in a while or felt that in a while. So I, I really right off the bat personally felt the impact. And as I think, you know, we started to question our role within the community during this time and arts role, you know, it was soon after that the doctors, like you mentioned, reached out and wanted to get involved and show their appreciation. And at that point we were all howling out of our mood, out of our windows, you know, to like honor them. So the fact that they reached out and wanted to honor us and, and the artists, like for me, that became just this huge telling of like our community all had, like we all have our roles, but um, this art is being seen by so many more people than we were experiencing, that we, you know, were experiencing firsthand. And it was just kind of radiating across the city. And so every time I would go out to shoot, I would see the way these artists were just constantly thanked and the community engaged. And I remember asking some of the artists like, prior to COVID and shelter in place, like if you were painting a mural outside, you know, did people stop and, and talk to you like this? And some people were like, sometimes, but even working in a big tech company, I'd be painting a mural for like a month and people would never say anything to me and they'd see me there every day. And it was like, wow, you know, we're all so wrapped up in our own schedules and, and hustle and bustle. And it's like, people had time to just kind of slow down and I got to see what that looked like. And, and I think the artists got to feel true appreciation for the first time in maybe a while, you know? Um, so it's been really inspiring. And, and since then, I just think that, you know, the beauty of it is it's, it's ever evolving. You know, we started making masks and I think one of my favorite stories was, was photographing uh, Saibot who, you know, the day I was photographing and taking her portrait, I also told her for the first time that she won the, the poll because we had people vote on their masks. And she had, I told her she had won and she was so honored and moved and just like proud. And being able to see an artist feel proud of us as a team of volunteers and the work that we're doing. I mean, Shannon said it, it's been nonstop. Like we're go, go, go. So to be able to see the artists like also really value Paint the Void and the initiative and, and it's just, it's really made me realize that it's beyond the murals themselves. We are binding our community together through the shared love of this city and the care for the city and using art to just really express what we're feeling and, and that we're here and that we're in it together. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it's connecting us through a very divisive time. So, um, yeah, I'm super honored to be a part of it. Honestly, the three women with me here today, uh, yourself included, I had Anna, but badasses. Okay, I just have to say, I don't know how the production side of this has just boomed so well, but it's because of the magic that you three have poured in, and I'm just really lucky that I get to be a part of it. You too, Lisa, and all the artists luckily get to meet Lisa because she's out on the street. Sometimes I get really jealous, <laughs> and everybody here just adds so much to it, so we're all lucky. Yes. Well, and I can, I, I work with a ton of artists and especially through these like really scary times that not knowing, you know, where they're going to be able to make some money or being able to be creative. I think this has really kind of brought hope to a lot of artists. And I think that I, I'm sure there is some artists that you guys had that usually charge a ton of money for their murals, but they were so excited to, you know, be part of the project that they probably would have even done it for free, but also artists that really needed the money. I know that you guys giving them opportunity, but also they're so proud, you know, it makes them so happy to make other people happy, you know, and feel connected with San Francisco who was changing a lot, you know, tech had changed it a lot. And I feel like it feels like old San Francisco again. And I think you guys have a lot to do with it. And Inga, you know, she is not just a founder, but a fabulous artist. And I know that you had the opportunity to paint one of the boards and I wanted to hear about the experience as an artist. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, for me, it's been super interesting. When Meredith contacted me to help fundraise, I kind of just jumped on the project. And then when we started getting so much positive reinforcement and uh, so many donations rolling in, I got really um, kind of like wrapped up on like keeping the wheels on the bus. And then after two months, I was like, oh, I haven't, I want to, I want to go paint a mural. I want to do that. Um, so I went out there and I contacted uh, one of my favorite restaurants in uh, the Castro, Francis, and um, the chef was excited to get a mural by Paint the Void. So I went out there and <laughs> my experience was kind of uh, really funny and really interesting. I would go out and then I would sit in my car on phone calls with these ladies talking about how to run Paint the Void and then emailing all the artists and the donors. And then I would kind of go out of the car and paint for a couple hours and then, you know, answer more phone calls. So it was like 50-50, like sitting in the car, working on the project uh, behind my phone and staring at my mural and then going out and painting. Um, and then when I was out painting, everybody that passed by, I started to really feel the love from the community, the love from the people there. And just so much, as Lisa was saying earlier, like heartfelt gratitude for taking these plywood boards that were representing just the chaos that's going on in the world, the uncertainty, the economy collapsing, just all the scary things that are sitting on our shoulders right now and turning it into something, something beautiful, something that can spark people's imagination, something that gets people excited to go out for their walks and then come back with like friends. I had people walk by and then like come back a half an hour later, like literally like bring their friends, their roommates. <laughs> to say hi, um, got to know some of the people that live in the neighborhood because they would just walk by every day with their dogs. Yeah, it was really just an incredible experience. Was it stressful with the COVID? Like, because, you know, like, were you worried about the social distancing and were people respectful, you know? How you know, yeah, that is, that is definitely something that we thought about a lot when we were starting this project. And, every, you know, I... 
people were super respectful. People kept their distance. People, nobody breathed on me. Um, yeah, even people that were walking, you know, walking by without their masks on, if they wanted to engage, if they wanted to say hi, they would put their mask on. Um, and would just kind of stay a distance. Yeah, it was really nice to see how everybody in, in, uh, in that neighborhood was um, just so responsible and so thoughtful. And um, we, in the beginning, we were really concerned about people sort of like gathering a crowd of people to watch murals. Um, and there were a few times when just like, uh, like five or six people would kind of like happen to stop by at the same time. Uh, but people just really spread themselves out and were really conscious about um, keeping themselves and keeping the artists safe. Another fun little antidote to that, or, oh, I did say it, Meredith, you're right. <laughs> um, a fun story to that is, um, I actually, none of us had really met, Meredith and I had met, and I had known Lisa, but the four of us had never met um, before starting this. And um, it was maybe like three or four months into this where I actually first met Inga, and it was at her painting. Um, and somewhat of a sad story, I lost my grandmother to COVID actually, um, during this whole pandemic, obviously. And one of Inga's characters who she painted on the mural was my grandmother. So it was an incredibly moving experience that a woman who I had never really met in person before, but had already created such an incredible bond with, like chose to use my grandmother's face in her mural. And I'll forever, you know, be grateful to you, Inga, for doing that. And I just love the bond that we've all created. Um, but the more positive part to that story is that I went there to meet her for the first time. And we obviously like wanted to hug, but we couldn't cause it's shelter in place. And we wanted to talk cause we never had spoken in person. And I wanted to see my grandmother. And I think like within the, the like first 10 minutes I was there, like 15 people stopped and asked questions and 15 people like, were like, Oh my gosh, are you the painter? Are you the muralist? Is this paint the voice? There's just so much excitement. And from my perspective, having been more behind the computer and doing a lot of the matchmaking, like I didn't see that that excitement um, outside of talking to the artist, which is one of my favorite parts. Um, but it, I hadn't seen like that community response that Ingo was seeing or Lisa had been seeing. So it was like just such an incredibly moving piece for me going out there and meeting one of the founders of our new established nonprofit and also seeing the work in action um you know given that we were trying to keep everyone as isolated as possible so that was just a really special moment throughout that throughout Inga's painting that I remember also I remember you guys mentioning that also when you were matching artists with the storefronts and all that stuff that you wanted to make sure that people maybe were close in the neighborhood so they didn't have to jump in then you're like I feel like you guys are always thinking about the artists and the community and but what have been the biggest challenges, you know, or what are the things that you want people to know about Paint the Void? Well, there, are, there is definitely some challenges in terms of the matchmaking. And we, because we were being super hyper vigilant about matching people in their neighborhoods, there weren't always businesses, enough businesses to match the artists. Um, so that required a lot more legwork for us to then go scout businesses in that area. Um, everything has been done with an intake form. So every, most of the businesses and the artists that we're working for have come to us and have submitted their work and submitted that they have a business that's available to paint the void. Um, typically with most projects, there's always more artists than there are spots to be able to fill. With this process, we had over 600 artists sign up. Um, we've only done a hundred murals. So 
not only, but we've done a hundred murals, but uh, it, it means that there's a lot, there's a lot more artists that to choose from. Um, and one of the real challenges that there is that there is this amazing talent base that we didn't even know existed. You hear so much about the Bay area being pushing artists out of the Bay because of, you know, inflation and just the cost of living going up so immensely that it was really incredible to know that there's this many artists still here and still thriving and still really eager to work. And Irena, you had mentioned in the beginning that some artists wanted to do that for, to do, to do it for free. And initially we were like, okay, we, we can match you to some, to a business so that you can do it for free. But we realized over time that that wasn't really what our goal was our goal was to support artists and to support businesses and to do that the right way which for, to us meant that we would pay artists um and, and particularly as we got bigger and bigger and like shannon was mentioning in the aftermath of the protests too is that it's a real to be an artist who can paint something for free in, is inherently means that there's a level of privilege involved and we didn't want it to be biased in that way so we wanted to choose artists methodically, knowing that we'd pay them, knowing that we'd match them in a neighborhood that was in the vicinity of their area. Um, and yeah, so I think that most of the challenges come down to really like logistical matchmaking challenges. Um, and there's been some safety challenges along the way to make sure that we're doing everything well and, um, and that everyone's taken care of. I have a question. Did, does each artist just gets to do when you guys did the whole process, just one board or were there artists that were able to do more than one board? There's a few that have done more than one, but typically we're only paying an artist one time. Um, and that's in order to keep, you know, everything fair and also just get a more diverse pool of artists. Some instances where an artist would come out and paint a mural and then a business right next to them or down the street would see the mural, fall in love and just contact them and invite them to paint another one that happened in Hayes Valley a few times and some other neighborhoods. So what's really wonderful to see is that some of the artists are actually getting um, quite a bit of commissions and quite a bit of exposure from having done this, uh, having done this mural. Yeah, I, I mean, I know a ton of artists that work with you guys and they all got a ton of work after after that, which makes me so happy. And a lot of the stuff is permanent too, which is amazing. So where do you see uh, your, you know, your organization going or what do you feel in the last few months you guys have accomplished? Well, so we started off as a partnership between my nonprofit, Art for Civil Discourse and Building 180. And it's been such a pleasure working with this team, with uh, Shannon and Meredith and Lisa and Veronica and everybody else involved. And I'm just, we've been realizing how much of a, how much power we all have together and how well we complement each other. That right now we're talking about uh, creating a nonprofit, uh, a joint nonprofit uh, for all of us to um, have a, a kind of an, an official stakeholder at and to create a grant program for artists to be able to continue supporting artists locally and to realistically give them more money because like you know the deeper we get into quarantine the harder everything is the you know the more the economy is not exactly bouncing back and the you know like people's like stimulus checks are going away it's gonna it's getting really really scary for artists and a lot of artists are talking about moving somewhere else 
And for me, as a kind of a, as a founder of a nonprofit, the thing that I want the most is just to keep talent in San Francisco, to be able to help artists to just stay and thrive and uh, be able to like continue um, creating culture in this town. Because we don't want a city that doesn't have culture, that doesn't have beauty, that doesn't have like a thriving, buzzing art scene. So this is something really important. And so the next steps, you know, obviously have to do with fundraising. Um, it's been really awe-inspiring how many people came together. The first 100 murals were crowdfunded through some small, some large donations, mostly like, you know, relatively small donations. Just we had over 700 people donate um, to this first fundraising round. And now we're looking for um, larger foundations and philanthropic organizations to um, to contact and to, uh, you know, begin working with. I think that just pointing out like how many individuals donated is a really thing to be amazed by because these are people who are also hyper local who really care about their communities and also really care about artists and when things are really tough it's amazing to see that many people come out of the woodwork to support this new organization that they haven't even heard of and and it really was like this sense of community and caring that was really astounding i mean also it's like I'm, i was amazed to see how many people really want to like don't uh, just be involved and help and donate their time and volunteer you know just everybody loves the project so much and w wants you guys to grow a lot so now that things are changing and some businesses are opening what are you guys doing with the boards or what's the plan miss shannon <laughs> we have a lot of plans we're always like we're gonna pause and reflect and then we're like well, we're gonna do everything um so some of our biggest initiatives, Lisa can talk to this. We've been really trying to work on creating a book, which I think would be an incredible showcase of all the work and would continue to help support and showcase the artwork that was out there. Um, so we're working on a photo book. Um, for the 100th mural, we're hoping to do um, celebrate it via like a socially distanced art walk um, and create sort of an art walk around the city and invite artists to stand by their murals so that people can engage with the artists and sort of hear their stories and make it a public conversation. Each piece has so much meaning and, and an incredible conversation behind it. Um, and sort of as I had mentioned with the evolution, we're really, we're really trying to focus on fundraising. Um, we've been going at this paying ourselves close to nothing, pretty much actually nothing, and the artists very close to just materials. So it's been an incredible, beautiful community initiative with volunteerism throughout the whole entire project. Um, uh, but we know that that's not sustainable in order to keep this initiative going. And in wanting to support artists, we would love to pay them close to true commissions for what their work is really worth. Um, so we're really focusing on fundraising to donate. You can go to our website, which is paintthevoid.org. Um, and we're really trying to work on with the government, um, with other organizations, um, with partnerships to try to, to try to focus on longer lasting impact and revitalization for communities in need um, and specific to the Bay Area. Um, and I, I noticed somebody in the Q&A had asked if, if what we've created could be a model for other places around the world. Um, and just to speak that quickly, 
because I said I would, and I've never done this before, and I didn't want to ignore it, <laughs> um, was that we actually have helped an organization in New York and in LA, and we didn't entirely like mentor them from start to finish, but they reached out to us and asked for help with documentation and documents and legalities and insurance. Um, and we're totally down to create some sort of templatized idea or model. And I think that, you know, street art has been happening forever. This is something, this is an incredible origin, an incredible story to a type of artwork that already exists. Um, and we're just making it a little bit more prominent in public because there's nothing else really going on in the streets. And I think that we've also encouraged so many artists. Um, you had asked earlier, I ran if we were working with more with the same artists more than once. And because we want to divvy up funding and be fair, um, we encourage so many of these artists to let's like go reach out to your local neighborhood. If you see somebody boarded up, like you can do this. This is something that anyone can do with their own permission. And I think it's because we are working at a local level and we're working with um privately owned businesses. So you don't need to go through this whole like permitting and public approval. You're really working like door to door. Um, and it's really organic in that sense. So I think we want to continue to do boarded up areas because we know that that is what we thrive in doing, but we also really want to do some, some more community work, um, work with students, work with more people. Like you'd mentioned the ER doctors, people that aren't entirely like famous or well-known artists and just sort of encourage people to be creative and, and, I know that Lisa's really talked about this a lot because she's our, in our sort of like marketing and media lead, but like how healing art can be is really true. And I think that that's what I believed in and why we started our company building 180, but more than anything, paint the void has shown that to me. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Lisa, if you wanted to chime in about the book and, and potentially an exhibit, but I know you've been working hard on that. I do. I'm so excited. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I've been working with digital art, with photography and even film and visual stuff, I mean, for a decade. And I'm, I'm really um, excited about the work that, that digital artists are making. But this was a first, and I, I mean, every time I travel around the world, I'm all, all about the street art. But I, this is the first time I've ever really connected to the street art community here in the city. And so maybe because it's just really new to me, I'm extra excited. Plus it came during a time where I really needed to be uplifted. So I'm just so grateful. But I am deeply, deeply excited about the fact that this is marking history. Like this isn't just any old boarded up, you know, uh, business. Like this is global pandemic. This is social rights movement. Like this is a big time. And I've always wondered, just genuine curiosity, like how do we stand out as artists nowadays? Like how does a photographer stand out in the sea of Instagram? How does a street artist work get really seen by the by the broader public because there's the art world but then there's you know the whole world so it's like how do how do you make it in in this world and get known or whatever and so i think this is this is why i'm so excited because i realize like this marks the history of san francisco you know this means so much more to our culture here in the bay area this says something about who we are and and like you said we've always been artists like that's been the soul of san francisco and berkeley and oakland for decades and when tech moved in things kind of shook and, and changed a little bit but i feel like artists have really shown up during this time and so i'm so excited to make a coffee table book and to honor these artists and in this moment in history it's such a incredible archive but also some of these artists are brand new. They, they've never done a, a street uh, mural before, outdoor mural before. Um, some of them have been in the game for decades and they, they both equally deserve uh, recognition. And so I know 
a lot of people have been reaching out with social media to see like, can we buy the boards? Are they, are they going to go for sale or auction later? Like, you know, I want one and people are just loving the art. So um, on top of the book stuff, which is, you know, definitely anyone who knows production and design with books, like we need volunteers, we need funding and help. So let me know. But with exhibition stuff, I mean, who knows when we can gather again, but I, am, I look forward to the time where we can, celebrate these artists in person and we can bring the the public out to you know check it out in person not everyone has that opportunity so being able to see it and um for the artist to be able to then sell it every artist owns their board owns owns that mural so we've been doing the best we can to uh when the business does reopen to take the boards down and to store them though that's a lot to ask and, and finding storage and all that we're always looking for help there but it's slowly happening as, as businesses are coming down and so those boards are trying we are trying to preserve them as best as we can some artists are going back to the boards and kind of touching them up and, and revitalizing them after they've maybe been vandalized or, you know, the weather. But um, exhibition is, is definitely top of mind too whenever, whenever that's possible. It'd be so great to get these in, in one area and to bring people out to, to celebrate and see for themselves the impact that they have. Also, like, I think one thing that makes you guys ultra cool is that you're really giving opportunity to all these artists. And I, I know that in San Francisco, a lot of the times the murals are made by the cool kids and the same people over and over. And to really give opportunity to all these really talented people that maybe don't have the personality or the connections to sell, you know, sell themselves. It's, you know, it makes them like want to do more and it gives them hope and it really, it pays off being an artist because a lot of artists get really down on themselves and to be able to give hope to that community. I mean, I think that's beyond special. What but what has surprises surprised you guys the most about the whole experience? To be honest, I think that one of the things I'm realizing is there's there's street politics, there's street art politics that I had no idea existed. There's you know its own level of competition and of I think um, a sense of kind of you know this is our block, which, which is not like that. But at the same time, there is like, there's this sense of kind of like, hey, San Francisco, don't come into Oakland, we've got it covered here and, and vice versa. And you know, there's just kind of like, representing your area and people, I think, you know, there's a lot of competition outside of Paint the Void because or there was before Paint the Void and before COVID because there's less actual space to paint it was i mean shannon has told us time and again it was hard it's hard to do public artwork it's hard to get the right permits and approvals to do an outdoor permanent mural and so now we have all this space which is incredible i think one of the questions i as an outsider from street art am really curious and want to be sensitive to but also find a healthy way for you know the street art world to to evolve in itself is you know that competition that kind of that just grit of being a, a longtime street artist and then seeing all these new people coming in, and, you know, and not instead of feeling threatened, welcoming them in. And, and we've had incredible artists who've said they are so excited to meet the new young artists and they've hired them to help them paint and work with them and create almost like mentorship and, and kind of new crews that are forming. And you can just see that the, the connectivity, the, the community is connecting really beautifully. But, um, but I'm still, there's a lot more to the street art world than I think people realize if you're, if you're not in it. There's, there's politics in its, own, in its own way, for sure. You know, somebody was just asking um, that, is there some of the boards, have they been vandalized? Oh, yes. A lot of them have been vandalized and tagged over. And 
um, that kind of speaks to the street politics. We had one mural that was completely painted orange um, just in its entirety, which is a big effort to really make a statement on that realm. So there's definitely, that definitely shines through, but again, it's kind of street art playing into itself. And it's, it's also, it is us coming into the streets too. And, and people don't know there's some territory stuff going on. So it's us going in and it's like, Hey, this was my spot. So we're not mad at people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I have to say well, that there are several, but a lot were also tagged and, kind of respectful ways and like and or playful ways. I forget what happened to yours, Inga, but Inga's painting is like, we're hungry and want to come in. And like, um, I think I think one way, you know, there's a lot of controversy and yeah, there's particular street art, art like respect. And I think that we tried to work super hyper local. So there was some more respect since we were encouraging local artists. Um, but yeah, like Meredith said, it's, it's all art and anything in the public, I think. And that's the sort of, I think the exciting part about street art is it always evolves and it's never always permanent. And so um, just a reminder that nothing. Well, so I think I'm really proud of the way that we chose to, um, to collaborate with Oakland. So when protests started happening, uh, Oakland just boarded up overnight. Uh, the reason that we didn't do many uh, murals in Oakland is because there was like, I drove around, there was like literally two boards out before the protests. And then when it boarded up that weekend, uh, I, a lot of my friends that lived in Oakland contacted me and was like, hey, Inga, can you get Paint the Void to help out with some artists to paint the murals here? Um, it'd be great to have some funding. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Absolutely. We'd love to help um, artists in Oakland get paid, you know, and cover supplies for making some street art. And then and things happened very quickly in Oakland. Um, a lot of murals just popped up overnight. And we we realized that Oakland doesn't need the help of Paint the Void in terms of like organizing. There's so much, there's so many crews um, that are just so talented and there's so many like art organizations um, that are operating there that they don't need our help organizing, but they do need financial support. So what we chose to do as a team is to actually give a grant to Endeavors, um, which is a, a project of uh, Good Mother Gallery, and to just give them a grant to support them financially for the good work that they are already doing, for the murals that they are already producing. And I think that was, the, that was really the right answer. Also, somebody was asking that, you know, we complain a lot that big tech companies are pushing artists out of the city, but do you guys think there is a way how maybe we can use tech to, to cultivate more art here in the Bay Area? I mean, to be honest, I think that we're seeing it play out exactly how art, you know, exactly how we are. I don't think we would have uh, flourished this way if we didn't have the constant Instagram and Facebook and you know all these platforms that we use to reach people. If we didn't have technology in shelter in place, we would only know what's going on in our couple block radius, you know? So I think that there is this opportunity to embrace technology in the way that we can do outreach and, and connect the broader audience and let people know what's going on. Um, let alone all the production and communication stuff that goes on that, that Building 180 runs. But I mean, I've seen that the way that artists have expressed themselves through the Instagram platform, for example, and um, they've turned a lot of their work into product, which they can then sell and they probably wouldn't make as many, you know, 
as, as much money if they didn't have that platform. So there's definitely a, a really beautiful relationship between tech and art. And I, a friend of mine actually put it perfectly recently because she's a big um, tech philosopher, really, and social philosopher. But she was saying that when, you know, entertainment boomed and then tech boomed and took over the entertainment and art world. And now art is coming back and taking over the, the tech world. So it's almost like all of our artists are starting to get the hang of like, how do I embrace this? And now they're like stomping the internet again and saying like, hey, you need visuals to send your message or you need branding to send this product out or whatever it is. And so arts, you know, beyond the street art really can embrace technology. Um, and that's just my perspective of it. So anyone else chime in? No, I, I agree with you, Lisa. And I think you say it really well. It's like, we need to embrace, you know, same thing as street art, like change is constant and things evolve. And if we can learn to work together, like you, like this would not have been possible and or the donations wouldn't have been possible. The, the promotion would have been possible without technology. Um, we're in a really, really interesting place where a lot of other cities didn't board up as quickly as we did, which is strange because, you know, we are very, at least San Francisco is somewhat of an elite and one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um, but then we also had the opportunity to tap into people that had money to help fund us. So I think it's sort of this ecosystem of learning how to work together. And hopefully the people who are more fortunate or the companies or corporations that are are more fortunate that are looking at how to protect and continue to serve and create pride in the city are the ones that are going to hopefully give back because Irena, like you had mentioned it, like I, I come, my background was tech and I went into art and I've always been an artist, but there's just a huge divide. And so many, so many people are, are leaving the city. Um, and if anything, paint the void because of the over 600 artists who applied and all of the artists we've worked with, like totally reminded me of this weird, wild, funky place. Like I was like, I need to leave the city. And now I'm like, actually I want to stick around. And like, I've made real connections with all these small businesses again that I kind of had stopped going to because I wasn't going out as much because it got so expensive. Um, and it really made me want to continue to support these small businesses I love and, and reconnect with the community. So I think we tend to forget because we're not having all these conversations. And um, yeah, I think it's all a part of the ecosystem here and it's going to continue to change. Like who knows what will happen in the future. But if we all try to work together and really be a community, um, good things can happen, I think. Well, um, actually, there's like two people asking, but it's like similar questions that you know, sometimes people tend to devalue art, but then with the whole, this whole COVID thing, they thought it was great that you guys been able to raise money and give money to the artists. Do you guys feel that after this COVID thing, you will be able to keep that up? And also somebody was asking, if, wanna, if people want to support Paint the Void, how can they do that? Oh God, I really hope so. I've been really impressed by how people um, came out and supported by donating. Uh, and volunteering, and I really hope that people do continue to donate and continue to support artists. Um, there's obviously a lot of tech money in the city, and one of the best things that people with tech money can do for culture is to support artists directly by being becoming a patron, becoming a collector, and to support organizations like ours that are doing a lot of work, a lot of the heavy lifting to organize and make sure that all the paperwork is lined up and all the, you know, everybody's safe. Um, so donating, uh, you could donate on our website, uh, like Shannon said earlier, paintthevoid.org. Um, there's a big button right there, you'll see it. Um, right now we have a goal of reaching 150K, um, just um, crossed over 91K recently. So yeah, 
all the support would be really greatly appreciated. The artists in our town really need it. To add on, I, I've thought about this because uh, as an artist who wants to support uh, volunteering and getting involved um, and welcomed on as a founder was, was definitely one way. But I know there's a lot of artist friends of mine who don't have a lot of money but love the project and want to know how to, how to support. And so funding is obviously number one because we can't continue on if we don't, if we don't have funds, obviously. But to get that, it's also, you know, who you know and, and how much this thing gets heard. And so the more we, people post and share and support and celebrate um, not only Paint the Void's effort, but the individual artists and just keeps, keeps building awareness and, and excitement around the arts, the more we can really impact culture. And that's the real goal, right? Is, you know, we did this for the sake of our community and our cities. So the more that people, you know, celebrate one another and, and say like, just things beyond themselves, you know, instead of saying, hey, look at the cool things I did this week. And it's like, look at this cool restaurant with this amazing art. And like, let's, let's celebrate that. And just being able to like, call out each other in a really good way and, and be able to celebrate one another, I think is a, an awesome way to show support that, you know, if you can't, if you can't donate directly, it's, a, it's there. So, and, and I know that you guys want to you know, work with people that are less fortunate. In what kind of way you guys want to work with, you know, people that maybe are struggling a lot right now? I think art is a has a lot of opportunity to support mental health, and a lot of people in San Francisco and everywhere in the world are really struggling with mental health and just keeping their spirits up and just keeping, just being having a hard time being excited to wake up in the morning. So I think continuing to create beauty and to create thoughtfulness is, you know, is really important for mental health. And for those artists that want to be involved, I know that sometimes applications can be intimidating. Can you guys talk about your, if you're an artist, about your application process? Yeah, it's a, it's a very short form that, artists fill out and it mostly just has them fill out their contact details, their website, Instagram, and then our team goes through those submissions and shortlists the artists and also matches them by neighborhood. So yeah, it's actually that part's really easy. Do you guys have any favorite murals? Come on, just say it. Yeah. <laughs> A little unfair. <laughs> okay, I have so hard. Like a favorite experience or story or something that really made an impact in your life. It's actually perfect timing because it's on the screen right now. So I, this is, I can't say a favorite because there are just too many amazing murals and I'm a little bit obsessed with all of them. But I have to say, I, I, this one resonates with me. It says, we have been wearing masks this whole time and it's all of these uh, portraits and, and selfie depictions of people with their cell phone covering their face. And it, I, it just hits me because it's just so telling of the times. It, it references the masks, which I think is clever, but it, it really speaks to the fact that let's all wake up and, and step outside and be present with our community. And that's something that resonates because it happened to me when I stepped out and I started seeing the artists and seeing the community that was in front of me. And it just, it, it, it reminded me that we, I was in such my own bubble for a while and it's so easy to, to hide behind the screen. Um, and I love this reminder that we've been wearing masks this whole time with the, with the phones and the technologies and these kind of 
predetermined depictions of like what we're meant to be and, and why. And it's like, really, we can get out there and create whatever the heck we want, right? We can create the culture and world. So this one sticks with me um, pretty strong in messaging for that reason. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. I, I was going to say, I love this. We also just posted this today on Instagram. It just makes you think. And I think that that's the really exciting thing about so many of these murals. They're all just so different um, and have so much meaning behind all of them. Like there's no way... Uh, there's no way to pick a favorite. I love, I know Mel Waters is an incredible one. I think I have a really close place in my heart for the first two murals that went up was Max Ehrman. And actually this is one of them. Um, and it was at Shea Maman. That was the first business that approved us. And Max got some of his friends to join him. Nora Bruin had an incredible flower that went up on the um, backside of the, the picture that's up right now. Um, and I remember on Insta, like when we started our Instagram page, some random person like caught on and tagged us and was like, San Francisco is blooming um, with the, the sort of flower corner. And um, that was sort of for me when I was like, oh, this thing hopefully will catch on and people are really getting impacted by it. So I can't say that they're my particularly like I've, I have one favorite, but they're every single one has so much meaning. And obviously Ingo's is really important to me as well. Um, you can see a lot of our murals at um, paintthevoid.org backslash murals. There's an incredible map that Sue Quick, one of our volunteers, made it. It has pictures of all of the murals um, along with an artist name. Um, and our Instagram is a good place to see a lot of them as well. If there is something like do you guys want people to know about that, about you guys, what would it be? I, I think just the fact that we're a very small team of very passionate volunteers. I think because of the number of murals that we have just manifested into reality in just three months, a lot of people I, I'm beginning to see are assuming that we're like this big organization that has a bunch of money or something or minions, but no, we're just some really passionate and dedicated women that are really excited about helping artists and making, keeping the city beautiful and keeping everybody hopeful. Very small team. <laughs> Yeah, so where are you guys at right now? Like, I know that you guys have been working your butts off for all these months nonstop. So, like, I know that where are you guys taking this now? Are you guys, like, just taking a breather? What's what's next? We're, uh, we're actively fundraising. So we have our pitch deck together. We are distributing it where we can. We are, you know, still taking incoming leads for locations to work with people to do more community-based projects um yeah we're we're still plugging away we're just going to switch gears to pay artists more and also may and also compensate our team for the time that's been put in so far so that we can keep this sustainable for everyone are are, are a lot of the the boards now coming down or or they're still Many of them have uh, come down and they're being stored in San Francisco. Uh, we're hoping to do an exhibition as well, but you know, time will tell when we're able to actually have people together to do that. And uh, other boards that are staying up are you know, visible on the map that Shannon said as well. And hopefully we'll do an art walk. Uh, somebody was asking, who are the individuals or organizations also fighting the good fight? Who deserves more attention? I think all the artists, all the small businesses, I mean, we're in an incredibly scary situation and around the world with this, you know, with COVID. And I think that for me, a big question that I've been asking myself, or I guess putting myself in a scary place is like, what if all of these small businesses, what if all of these self-employed people, um, 
the, the sort of weird and wild and different and interesting little things that we have in our lives, as opposed to these huge conglomerates, these huge restaurants and chain stores. Like what if all these small little things that we love go away because we can't survive um, economically. And so I think it's, it's, I think all of us are important. I think that everybody that has a job obviously needs it. Um, and every individual is, you know, one way or the other getting affected by this, but I would really continue to like shop small and work with small businesses and help your local community and look for artists that are there. And I think that we are one of the organizations that are doing it, but there's so many like, Lisa had mentioned, you know, we're in this time of change, we're in this time of economic issue, of health issues. Um, education is having credible, you know, teachers are in an incredible hard role right now. There's so many social justice, you know, issues being called upon right now that really just find out what you're passionate about. This is a time of change, you know, we're sort of in an interesting time of revolution. If I want to look at it in a positive way, it's an incredible time to be alive because we're all able to speak and openly voice our opinion, at least in this country. Um, so I just find what you're passionate about and find people that are doing that and ask to give back, like volunteer time if you don't have money. Um, we're all so capable of doing so much and you forget to do that. And that's what Paint the Void reminded me of. We're like, we don't know what to do. We're sitting alone. All of our jobs were canceled at Building 180. We didn't have any work. And I was going insane, like wanting to do stuff and we were able to create something from nothing. And I think that a lot of people can, if you, it helps though to be surrounded by incredible people. Um, but you might not know those people yet. Like I didn't know all of these girls and these ladies. So um, reach out to people and, and yeah, do something you're passionate about. Well, and I think you guys have been so cool because I feel like uh, in the world, in the art world, people are very territorial. And the fact that you guys are very open to working with a ton of different people and you're not like, oh, everything is paint the void. And, you know, just, I know that you guys want to collaborate with other organizations and also you guys um, always, because, you know, a lot of people think it's some murals were paint the void and they were not, you know, and you guys always say, no, 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 that was not us. And um, you guys just been so cool about the whole thing. I, I I'm so lucky that I met you guys and I love the project so much. And, I think that anybody that can should contribute to the cause because he has like enormous potential, you know? It's a project yeah. where everybody wins. Really everybody, every step of the process, we win because we get to something incredible to work on. Artists win because they get some money to have, you know, to pay for their art supplies and to get some food on their tables. Uh, the people that live in the neighborhoods win because they, you know, instead of plywood boards, they get some art. Um, the donors win because once again, they get some art and they get to really support and make a difference. Everybody wins in this project. It's a tax write-off, right? It's nonprofit. Yes, it's that too. I'm, just, I'm pretty sure if you donate, there's some like, you know, benefits to the nonprofit thing. <laughs> well, yes. If you donate through our, through our website, you automatically get a receipt in the email, which uh, has instructions of how to um how to the information that you will need on your tax tax return how has this project affected each of you personally you know i actually was just writing about it this morning uh because i i gathered with my other nonprofit for the photo industry last night and we were really talking around um just the the privilege and and the role that um our industry has played in, in kind of setting an example for culture. I mean, commercial photography is seen by so many eyeballs and so many minds that it's like, 
I'm realizing how much influence visuals have on the public, right? Like advertising and, and art and photography and everything from the street to your phone influences people's minds. And, I, and I'm realizing personally that I'm a part of that, you know, in, in this project, um, as well as in my photography work of just like, what do I, what do I want our culture to look like? What do I hope our, how do I hope our culture will evolve? And so personally, it's opened my mind to just what culture really means and how much we are responsible in shaping that. I think a part of me and my youth still, um, to some degree, um, is, is really awakened to the fact that I'm in the next generation of, of movers and shakers that have to, have to define our generation and our future generations. And so um, I'm just reminded how much this, this is impactful for our culture and communities, uh, truly, you know? And so trying to just do more good and, and spread more positivity. Come on, Shannon, Meredith, come on, Inga. How has it impacted your life? I mean, I've been wanting to do public artwork forever. Our company was sort of inspired by Burning Man artwork and large scale artwork and just being able to volunteer and be involved in it. However, a lot of that artwork remained in the desert or were only at events and festivals and only to be seen by people who could attend to these things. So Building 180 is really an attempt to bring art to the public and the more you know, our business goes on and the more projects we get, the more we realize how difficult it is to really create public art because of, um, you know, you're working with, with local governments, with different legislation, with different requirements, like uh, one neighborhood block could be different than the next in terms of like engineering requirements. And so um, it's an incredibly amazing career because it's so we're always learning and always figuring out solutions but it's also quite difficult and i think that for me i was really thinking like do i need to move to a different city to make an impact in my community like this i want art to be impactful where i live um and meredith and i talked about it too we're like let's look at different cities around the world around the country that we can live and um, this really allowed us to make an impact and in a sense made us like connected us closer to the communities because we were working at the store level instead of the government level and we were working with all the neighborhood associations so for me it's been like a dream come true and definitely one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on um, and I think it's you know, I fear like, oh, if we get funding, that it's not going to be like all volunteerism, which is not the case at all. Everyone deserves to get paid because that is, it is important, especially as artists to get paid. But I just love the volunteerism and the community behind it. Um, and so that, that has just brought so much hope to my eyes and especially such an incredibly scary and sad time. I mean, I work with Shannon, so my answers are similar because we work so closely together. But you know, it does, it does mean a lot to create public art here. And we've been searching for revitalization projects and have been talking about it for a long time. And not to make light of this, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of this horrible situation because it's a really devastating time for people. And, you know, there's a lot of hardship that people are facing, but I do think that you can find a silver lining in things and make something good of this, the, the hand that you're dealt. Um, it's just shown a lot of resiliency. It's also just been a testament to what you can do re remotely and how you can bring people together even when you're far away. And it's just been a really incredible experience to connect to, to connect even while we're disconnected. Uh, I think the, the ladies covered a lot of ground here, definitely. I think the only thing I have left to add is uh, I'm just so grateful to um, 
have found you as a team to work with. I've been looking for uh, co-conspirators to create public art for a couple of years, really. And it's just like really a pleasure to see how activated you are and how just on top of your shit you are <laughs> and what, what a powerhouse uh, you are to work with. And honestly, like I'm looking at the chat and everybody is saying how inspirational you guys are and how grateful everybody is for the work you guys done. And I'm so excited to see what's next. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next Conversations podcast coming soon. If you have a story that needs to be shared, we'd love to hear from you. For more information on Shack 15 and our community, you can email info at shack15.com, connect with us on Instagram, or visit our website at shack15.com.